the following episode contains strong language and scenes of violence. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. Who's the dirty, hairy-looking guy next to Director Bullard? You all actually, I would say, are at least baseline familiar with Beowulf. You don't know much about him, but you recognize the face a little bit, and the general demeanor would match. So the Jewel of Bolivar is a uh, very powerful artifact, essentially a giant crystal. Betsy says, we have successfully removed a portion, working on breaking it down further, and we've, we've already removed the main portion of it to a secret facility. We are working on getting this one to our Washington base. The biggest complication of this, due to its sensitivity, it does not handle air travel well. Therefore, we have to find a way otherwise to transport it. Are we actually taking a road trip in the visual van? We can provide you with either rail passage or a troop transport, whatever you would find best, or if you feel most comfortable in your own vehicle, visual. This is Brandon talking. I want a fight scene on the train. Please let me fight on the train. Beowulf is torn because going on a train is more familiar for him, but also that's an easy vehicle to ambush. What caliber does that shoot? 135,000 watts. That's not... not how calibers work. We're not here to worry about my gun and how it works, alright? Just know it works. What you need to be worried about is if my brother takes an interest in what we're doing. Who the hell is your brother? My brother's Loki. God of mischief and mayhem. Train hiccuped and they fell onto you. I mean, it's a man in a business suit and he says, my apologies, good sir. Feels as though it was definitely an accident for him to fall into you. Does seem just something about him seems a little off. You can't quite place it. I want to draw one of my little shardling runes on the ground and have one trail him, but like secretly. There's also a couple of... Uh, couple of rowdy kids up in the second car, you know, hoping that they're not going to cause any more problems. Do you need someone to talk to them kids? Sort them out? Honestly, that'd be great. You know, we'll see if they do anything, but it's just, you know, I, you know, we can't really, you know, uh, interfere too much. All right, so yeah, you return back. I'll give that to Ruby. I'll be like, I don't know if this is your size or not, but it's too small for me. It is a perfectly fitting cardigan that he hands you. Why? You know, she looks, she goes, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> also, the guy that was speaking with Courtney came up with you, and now he has left to go up to the front cars. So you are by yourselves. That's why I gave her the sweater. I look around to make sure we're alone, and then I turn it back into a briefcase and give it to Beowulf. Now strap it back in for now. But I didn't actually sleep while you guys were there, because I was too worried about the briefcase. Dude, we've only been gone for ten minutes. I feel like I'd be more jealous than anything if you can fall asleep that quickly. Uh, that Courtney chick, she seemed alright. However, she said that shifty feller in the business suit, he might be of interest. For the record, Shifty Fellow in the, in the business suit is the guy that we were dealing with, right? Yeah. Anything else? 
rowdy kids up in the second car. Do we think those are like actually an our problem or just like a problem for the train? If we're lucky, none of this is going to be our problem. I mean, true. And so you talked about taking shifts for sleep. So right now, by this point, it's like, uh, you know, getting from nine, almost 10 o'clock at this point. Brock's legit used to pull an all-nighters. Brock's legit suggesting that he just does it. And I can catch my obligatory three hours of sleep in the morning. I was like, I think we should all get some kind of rest. In case anything goes south, I don't want one of us to have not gotten any rest. Yeah, that's fair. Just uh, before I go to sleep, I want to talk to my ravens. Okay, well, what are you asking of them? I'll go over to the window and lower it, and I'll give a high-pitched whistle to summon them up to the window. <laughs> Fellers, why don't you go up and take a look on those kids a couple cars up make sure they're not up to anything sinister. The birds both just nod and the birds go up to come back. They're just they're like they're playing magic gathering. I don't know what their problem is. Oh god, huge red flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Hugan and Mooden come back and they basically report well, I guess they don't even have to report, right? You can just see through their eyes, can't you? I can see and hear through their eyes and ears. Uh, so when they end up uh, up front, they've got these two kids. One's kind of keeping a lookout, um, and the other one's uh, kind of playing games on his Game Boy. Games on his phone. What am I thinking about? <laughs> what year is it? On his Game Boy? Who is this kid? <laughs> Actually, no, 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 yeah, I'm going to go with he has a Game Boy Advance SP. Suspicious. Mine was silver. Yeah, but what year was that? I'm sure Beowulf doesn't recognize a Game Boy Advance SP, but he knows it's some newfangled uh, kid's toy. Some old newfangled kid toy. Yeah. Does Beowulf know that one's old? Probably not. (laughs) And they're just looking out. What are they doing? They're not. How long is the bird hanging out there for? At least for a few minutes. Yeah. So you notice that the one uh, definitely takes like a pill after a little while. You said the one you said the one was keeping a lookout. Is he like. Looking up and down the aisle? The one that one that was keeping a lookout turns back and takes a pill. It's not a slam pack, right? In terms of it's a slam pack, Beowulf has enough familiarity to recognize uh, that it's not one of those. Yeah, I'll have him stop by and check on the business guy, too, and then come back. I know the Shardling's keeping an eye on him, too. Business guy appears to be sleeping. His chair does not go as far back, though. He looks a little frumpled and uncomfortable. Shouldn't have worn a fucking suit. I'll say he's taking the jacket off and is using it as like a pseudo blanket. Okay, that's acceptable. <laughs> Has not undone the tie, though. What a psycho. Would you strangle yourself, right? That tie got caught. We should kill that guy. <laughs> I like how we're like, if he has the coat on, problem. But if the coat is just the opposite direction, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it has to at least be loosened. Nope. This Patrick Bateman motherfucker. Now I'm starting to suspect businessman is like an android pretending to be human. It doesn't understand how they... Don't fucking give the GM any ideas. So, yeah, that is what you have... That is what your bird eyes have seen. I will bring my bird eyes back, and I will bring them into the carriage with us, and I will let them go back to Asgard until I summon them back. The other thing I just wanted to know, know about, when you are seeing through their eyes, since it doesn't really clarify, like, are you, like unaware of your current surroundings so i did take medium for it medium raven so but i did not pay for simultaneous so no i can only see through their eyes i can't i can't see with my eyes because i was imagining like a gray sheen going over your eyes but i want to make sure that was you know accurate and also plot twist when he does it he gets little teeny tiny bird eyes yeah instead of i was gonna say eyes. they turn into weird like black raven eyes 
Oh, perfect. I love it. And I'll fill in the group. Anybody doing anything before before bedtime? Uh, yes, I would like to not sleep and stay up all night. I'm going. Fuck you, sleep. I'm sleeping. All right, and our uh, Yardak and visual aid sleeping? Yup. Yup. I need to be at tip top. Laserhawk, roll perception. Good, dude. 17 plus 10, 27. Uh, yeah, nothing of note happens overnight. You do see uh, the one guy who is back in the back. He comes back and forth a few times. Uh, you see the bartender once kind of gives you gives a little bit of a salute as he goes on by. Uh, and he heads to the back. Can I see a deer? Uh, I, I imagine yeah, you've caught some beautiful landscape. It's nighttime, but it's a big, beautiful moon uh, casting light uh, across as you're chasing that way towards the west and the sun creeps up behind you, of course. Neat. Um, and it's a beautiful sunrise uh, when I imagine folks start waking up. You're not too far off from Chicago now. Uh... Good. You're up. I'm going to bed. They call Chicago the Windy City, right? That's a thing. Yeah, because anyone from Chicago is trying to blow smoke up your ass. Good night. I feel like that's not the real reason. Courtney comes on out and says, good morning, everybody. Does anybody uh, need anything from the breakfast cart before we get started? Coffee. Fruit Loops. Whiskey. <laughs> Whiskey. You got any jerky? Uh, yeah, I think we've got some jerky from the snack cart. Unfortunately, sir, um, we don't we don't serve alcohol uh, before noon. And that's fine. Sneaks out flask. Uh, what kind of breakfast foods do you have? Uh, well, we've got some breakfast sandwiches, and we have some cereals, um, and, uh, you know, anything from our normal snack selection. God, we really are a food-obsessed show. We're like a bunch of fucking hobbits. Can I have a breakfast sandwich? Sure. She brings you a breakfast sandwich. We're not talking about what's in it. I want a breakfast sandwich, too. Um, breakfast sandwiches. It sounds like you're getting some Fruit Loops. Uh, Laser Rock sneaking some, some liquor. Puts it on the company card. Ka-ching. Yeah, Brock's taking a swig and taking a nap. I fill Laserhawk's flask with a little more whiskey. You're fucking right. <laughs> My friends are cool. Good night. <laughs> All right, so Laserhawk's asleep. I also, I grab another breakfast sandwich for Laserhawk when he wakes up. Oh, that's a thoughtful team member. Are you doing anything while you're waiting on the train? Anything of note? I text Betsy. I kind of give her an update of where we're at and ask if there's anything you've she's heard anything we need to be on the lookout for. And I actually want to uh, beckon my shardling back to me and ask if he has seen anything as I was sleeping. Uh, and Beowulf, are you doing anything? I'm filling out my reports for Betsy when we get back. My first day's worth of paperwork. Union's pretty good about making it easy uh, in terms of the paperwork, but you know, there's a couple pages you got to fill out and just any anything of note. And for Betsy, um, the text messages are having a little bit of trouble sending. While you're getting near Chicago, you're still kind of in the middle of nowhere right now. Does the train not have Wi-Fi? Uh, the train does not have Wi-Fi. Uh, what year is this? <laughs> no wonder that kid's playing uh, <laughs> Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah, he knew what he was getting into. So yeah, her her the messages that do come through, nothing of note. We're trying to send some uh, some folks ahead to scout the tracks for you. We'll let you know if anything comes up. Send the thumbs up emoji because it's been too hard to try to send anything else. 
And then the Shardling comes back up for you, uh, Yardak. Mm-hmm. Basically says, the guy slept all night, he awoke, and just sort of is just sitting completely still, not doing anything of note. That's weird. Nothing that the Shardling's like, it's a little weird. Yeah. Uh, he also put his jacket back on and made sure his uh, tie was fully straightened. I think this is a fully fucking android. It's a fucking skinwalker, Jesus. I think it's time we have a conversation with this feller. Brock thinks him and Anthony are going to go to the beach in this dream. <laughs> Roll for dead fiancé uh, vacation dream. 15, alright. Vacation sucks. <laughs> what a 15? It was a high DC. He has fully incepted himself. You're lucky you didn't have trauma dream. Stupid fucking PTSD. <laughs> I'm imagining Brock's having the like dead wife dream. Except it's Anthony. What he wishes would be a nice vacation dream is actually just like him and Anthony are arguing the whole time. Like their reservations were canceled, they're fighting, he has wet socks. <laughs> yeah, all of the above. Um, okay, so Beowulf, did you say you're gonna go try and talk to this guy? I said I think we should have a conversation with this feller to everybody. Yeah, because there's something not right about this man. He's going to like walk up and be like, what's up with the fucking tie, dude? So who all's doing what here? I mean, Laserhawk's asleep, so Laserhawk's dozing off. Yeah, I want to suggest to uh, everybody that we all go. Yeah. Team threaten. I check in with Bethany and Ricker, just tell them I'm okay. Reiterate to work that I am still ill. <clears throat> Derek says, that really sucks. We could have used you today. Feel better. Oop. Plot twist. Somebody from, like, some special character from Space Cadet came that day for, like, a guest spot, and you missed it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Rolls over, mumbles, fuck you, Derek. What are you doing when you roll up on this guy? I just kind of want to like, sit down next to him, and... Okay, I have a plan. Maybe we should uh, be like, oh, we got off there on the wrong foot. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Try to lure him into a set of, uh... Is that what Beowulf's doing? Oh, or were you going to be more direct about it? Maybe we should play nice, see if we can... Walks up, what the fuck are you? Everything in my little cowboy heart says we should just put the gun in his face and put him out of our misery, but I will follow your lead. That's a good way to get arrested for murder. Yeah, I got a license to kill. <laughs> you somehow get a text from Betsy, a reminder, you do not have a license to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Asterix, usually. <laughs> My boyfriend's also a union agent. No, you don't. Okay, so yeah, what's the approach look like here? I'm going to follow their lead because they're more diplomatic than I am. Before noon. I go, you, I, you said no alcohol before noon. You, you don't have any kind of like mimosas or anything like that? If you're talking to Courtney, who's actually running the bar right now. Yeah. She says, no, sorry, yeah, not till noon. Some kind of weird thing about interstate travel laws. Yeah, and I go, can I just get a glass of orange juice then? Absolutely. Pour your glass of orange juice. I put, I add champagne into the glass of orange juice myself. Flex on him. <laughs> and I go, hey, I think we got off on the wrong foot. Here, would you like a mimosa? Oh, um, sure. Thank you. And he perks up because it's a pretty lady talking to him. I'm not in the room. <laughs> he takes a, a big gulp of it. I assume that you have like a, a separate glass for him, right? Yes. He he takes a, he takes a big sip of it. Oh wow, that's really good. How'd you get the alcohol? 
okay, I'm about to lie to him. I go, I, I was like, I had some, I had some travel bottles from a, from an old trip. Roll a deception check. Travel bottles of champagne. That's bougie. Um. <laughs> uh. God. So it was a nine. I rolled a nineteen. Ten. So Twenty nine. That's the opposite of what I was expecting. Good. Yeah, I also thought you were about to tell me you got like a nat one or something. No, I was just like, I love that. That's what I rolled well on. <laughs> Oh, wow, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing with me. Of course, you know. We're stuck on this train for so long, and... God, I, I just don't understand how you could be stuck in that suit the whole time. I'd be so itchy. Oh, gotcha. I, I'm used to wearing it for work all the time, so, you know, things we do for a job, right? Uh, I'm just, you know, I try to maintain a very good appearance. Um, Kind of always on the job. Oh, what do you do? Oh, gotcha. Um, well, I can't really talk in much detail, but I deal in procurement for, uh, specialized industries. Oh, he's absolutely after it. He's a thief. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I'm just curious. I, I work in television production. Is it like collectibles or that kind of thing? Cause I know sometimes we have to go after like stuff like that we need for the show. He's a Funko Pop thief. Gotcha. It's really whatever my employer kind of asks for. You know, sometimes it's collectibles. Sometimes it's documentation. That's why I'm taking the train. You know, sometimes they, they're they very particular about uh, how they want things done. Could you give me a hint of what you're after? I'm just so curious, and I would like to roll in persuasion. 18. She flashes some boob. That's at least worth a plus three. Absolutely not. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this one. Let that be on the record. <laughs> so he doesn't seem not completely put off, but he's like, yeah, I, I really, uh, with the sensitive nature of my work, I really don't like discussing it. Oh, I get that. It must be, it's like, it must suck not be able to talk about work, though. Yeah. What do you have on your wrist there? Oh, I'm, I'm having to uh, carry some legal documents for my job. In television production. And I go, rich people who are famous are so weird. I hear that. Absolutely. Good save. Because <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, fuck, I've said two jobs. I'm standing at the door with Yardok with my hand just sort of hovering over the gun. Like, <laughs> just this giant fucking cannon. Well, I was like, you should definitely get some rest. I... I was like, and I said, I would loosen the tie a little bit. At least you can't really relax that well, can you? In that. I appreciate your care. I'm glad to hear, you know, we have so much in common, too. Kill him now. Mm-hmm. Talk to you later. I got a, I grabbed a, a sandwich for my friend who's sleeping. I'm going to see if he's awake yet to give it to him. All right. Well, maybe I can buy you a drink at the bar later. Maybe. <laughs> Ooh, Ruby about to have two boyfriends. Oh, I'm going to talk record. <laughs> Absolutely not. And, and I just go to like them. And I was like, yeah, definitely sus. And I tell them what he said his job was. Oh, he's absolutely here for the jewel. How should we handle him? Can I roll an insight check, like sitting back on the conversation, whether I think he knows how dangerous what he's trying to get is? Sure. That's why he's wearing magic proof armor underneath his suit. 
I don't, it's just he just like he just seems so like such a random guy. Oh, I don't apparently don't can't read shit. Uh, fifteen. Yeah, he he seems like a weird fellow. As far as you can tell, he doesn't have any special insight into what you're thinking he was after. Kill him anyway. Take those chances. Yeah. I'm gonna go have a conversation with him. Okay. It's like, don't spook him too much. And I was like, also, if you're gonna go have a conversation with him, maybe you should switch suitcases. Good plan. They are now documents for famous rich people. Is this conversation going to start with, excuse me, sir, do I have anything down the barrel of my gun? <laughs> Not quite. And since I'm around the area, I don't want to insert myself into that conversation, but I want to be like right there to jump into it if shit gets a little hairy. I think while we're back in our in our cart, that's I switched the briefcases, so I have the real one now. Um, and in terms of this mess car now, um, it seems like everyone's kind of for the most part up in the main two cars. You've got like Courtney who's doing the bartending, suit guy, and it looks like actually the two uh, kids have also come back and they're kind of just like goofing off uh, playing more video games and stuff. Watch, this guy's completely fine. It's the kids who are fucking absolute villains. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Wonder Twins. Form of a Game Boy SP. Okay, so what are you doing, Beowulf? And I'm not going to take a briefcase with me. I'm going to leave both with Ruby. Okay. I need both my hands for this. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and so, sorry, Yardak, are you in the mess car with uh, this group? Yeah, I'm kind of like, but like, I'm just kind of like putzing around. I'm going to go back in the private car because I had just told the guy I was going to bring a sandwich to Laserhawk. Okay. Is the suit guy in the mess car or is he in his own car? He is in the mess car. It's him, the two hooligan kids, Courtney and Yardak. I assume there's also other people, right? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. They seem to have all kind of like there's nobody in the car, otherwise in the car at the moment. Uh, from the stops that you've had, there's now enough space that some people are kind of moving around. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to have this conversation with him privately. So I'm going to walk up to him and say, hey, uh, feller, my friend you were just talking to, she was wondering if you'd come join us in our private car. She she was a little shy to talk to you in public. Oh, wow. Hey, I, I hope there's no hard feelings about yesterday. I've been trying to be more careful. Yeah, I'm glad you've been doing that, because the wrong foot we got off of was my friend's when you stepped on it. All right. Um, so he's going to follow you back into the private car. I handcuffed the other briefcase to me, so they're both handcuffed to me now. And he walks back and says, wow, you guys take security pretty seriously, huh? And Yardak, are you staying in the mess car or what are you doing? I'm actually going to hurry and go like skedaddle back into our car. That way I'm already there when they arrive. It's less suspicious. Uh, I imagine that this is loud enough that Laserhawk wakes up. God damn it. Oh, poor guy. It's also been a couple hours. You got some sleep. And I go, here, have your sandwich. I chatted to him. And uh, I'm going to walk over to the window and open it. And I'm going to grab him by both his shoulders and put his head out the window and say, who sent you? Oh, Ah, ah, ah. are you working for my brother? You slippery son of a bitch. What? Oh, I guess I've woken up and chosen violence this morning and I back him up. Uh, uh, what do you mean? Who? Who's your brother? Who are you? You're interested in procurement. What are you trying to procure? You shady son of a bitch. Hang on. Hang on. I've got this Beowulf and I'd like to roll an intimidation check. Can I aid his intimidation check since I'm holding him out the window? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, nice. And Rubus is like, this is not how I do things. Um, okay, so what, Laserhawk, what was your total? 28. 
Uh, Beowulf, what was your total? 29. Holy shit. Uh, you guys have super succeeded. He peed. <laughs> Maybe just a little. But, like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm holding him out the window and saying, what are you trying to pure and what does my brother promise to pay you? Alright, so look, bud, here's the situation. We've got a pretty bad breed off you from the get-go. No one sleeps in a fucking tie. You're not fooling anyone. So, we're gonna ask you a series of very basic questions, and you're going to give us a series of very basic answers. Do you have an understanding? What are you here to procure, and how much is my brother paying you for what you're trying to steal? I, I was told that I would get a signal uh, that indicates what I'm supposed to procure when I got closer to Seattle. I, don't, I, didn't, I wasn't told exactly what I'm here to get. Is that right? Yeah. Who's supposed to give you the signal? What's the signal look like? I was just told I would know. Comforting. So who hired you, bud? I, I They didn't give me a name. Uh, what did they give you? A real shifty fellow with a... He had a tattoo. Um, he, said it, he said I would get more than I ever got before. What did the tattoo look like? Uh, it was sort of a, a, a diamond, right? Uh, with half black, half red. Ah, oh, hell. That's RCI. God damn it. Red Crystal International, otherwise also known by their secret organization, Black Crystal. I assume I know that living in this universe. Yes, that is who that is who primarily attacked the city. Uh, like who was in charge of that last time? Are we just say be free and let him go? Do you want me to let him go? No, absolutely not. I get accused of being a murder hobo sometimes. I'm the one that's actually killed someone. I was like, "Are you familiar with RCI?" I'm, I'm asking the the guy hanging out the window. Sounds familiar, but not really. Ah, as he hangs out the window still. Look, let's just say that they're not exactly reputable people. So here's what I'm thinking. Friends, not you, feel free to interject. I obviously point to the guy hanging out the window. I say that we let this one sit with us for a while. And then once we get the signal, we go from there. Hey, hey, we're going to be in Chicago soon. Just just let me off there. I won't, I, I don't know. I, I guess, are you telling me I was supposed to come get something from you or take something from you? I didn't really understand, but, like, I, I won't cause you no trouble. Oh, we know you won't. That's not a matter of the question. We're just trying to figure out what to do with you. See, we could let you off in Chicago, but then you can get back in touch with whoever the fuck hired you, and then they could easily send someone that we don't know about. We know about you, buddy. What's your name? You look like a Chad. I'm going to call you Chad. My name, uh, my name's Marcus. Shut up, Chad. Marcus, is there anything else you want to tell us? Uh, I, I, anything else you might think be relative relevant? There's a tunnel coming up. I'd answer quick, son. <laughs> I, I, I come from a, tr I come from a trust fund. I don't, I don't do this kind of stuff because I have to. I do it because I want to. Yeah, you like the rush of robbing folks and stuff that ain't yours. It's not usually robbery. What the fuck do you think procurement means, you sack of shit? Sometimes I just transport things that are given to me. Yeah. And the tr and the tunnel passes by and his head blows clear off. No, I'm just kidding. I'll drag him in. <laughs> Look, you're getting involved in something you do not want to be involved with. Sure sounds like it. He straightens his tie. <laughs> 
with people you don't want to get involved with. I'm going to undo his tie and open the top couple buttons on his dress shirt. Oh. <laughs> not slowly, not sexy. Just like, just break the buttons. <laughs> oh. It doesn't appear to be wired, doesn't appear to have any kind of uh, uh, exploding vest. His weird anti-magic armor. or Doesn't have any weird Celtic knot tattoos. Yeah, no runes. Uh, no, he does not appear. So Marcus, uh, and I, I reach into my bag and I like, make fuck, what can I make that this guy could eat? And that'd be, uh, that wouldn't be weird to take out of my fucking bag. Uh, also, since you mentioned you ripped open his shirt, uh, he does appear to be fairly muscular. Well, Rock is single. You know, I reach into my bag, I pull out, I make some beef jerky in the bag. I pull it out and I go here, have something to eat. It is at that time that Courtney is coming back through the door uh, and her other friend from the from the back cart is coming through that door and they both enter this car at the same time. Can I roll another intimidation check and perhaps a stealth following up, depending on if you let me do this? Uh, sure, you can try anything once. Yeah, Beowulf, you're absolutely getting a hero point for the absolutely insane interrogation that just happened. I just rolled a 28. 28. Okay, what are you doing? What are you trying to do, at least? I would like to whisper into our new friend Chad's ear. Lay it off cool. If you don't, we'll throw you off the fucking train. All right, he nods silently. Man, Marcus, I cannot believe we bumped into you like this. Uh, I think Courtney gives you you and uh, Beowulf a bit of a look, just because, you know, you had said she had mentioned these guys, this guy to you before. Looks at them. It turns out we know this guy. Can you believe that small world? Oh, okay. Does anybody need anything from the cart? You don't sell any. Uh, you don't sell any T-shirts, do you? No, we'll have a brief stop in Chicago, I guess. If uh, if if you want to pick up like uh, something from the gift shop, can we have uh, just a couple uh, sandwiches for everyone? Uh, so yeah, she, she hands you a couple sandwiches. The other guy kind of pushed past and went into the other car. He didn't really pay a lot of mind. I'm keeping an eye on him. And I go, thank you so much. Would I tip? Would I tip Courtney? Uh, you can tip whoever tip? you want in this broken, broken world we have. If we want to keep her fucking quiet, we knew. <laughs> I, I give, you know, and I go, thank you so much. You've been so helpful. I, I give Courtney like a 10. Courtney, who has not probably experienced a lot of tips on this part of the train, uh, looks at the money, kind of looks at the y'all, slips it in her pocket and goes, you're welcome, and heads to the back. As soon as she's out of earshot. All right, Chad, why don't you pop a squat with us? You like Space Cadet? This one's going to tell you all about Space Cadet. <laughs> Suddenly, Beowulf goes into a fucking tear. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Space Cadet? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. <laughs> I had Marcus to say I went to say, I really do work in TV. I really work in procurement. I guess that's a problem. Yeah, you're goddamn right it is. Get a real job. Yeah. Like Carney. The hell do you do? What do I do? I work for the U.S. government. I mean, technically, you te technically you don't, but we're not gonna. I'm not gonna make you roll a deception check for that. He doesn't need to fucking know that. As far as you're concerned, I'm a fed. Courtney is left. Other guy left up towards the front. Um, what are you doing now with your good friend? Chad is very patiently listening to Ruby talk about Space Cadet until something plot relevant happens. His name is Marcus. 
No, it's not. It's Chad. <laughs> I show Marcus a space cadet phone game on my phone. Like You reach Chicago eventually. A lot of people actually kind of get off the train. As you're taking back off, um, it's a little while later. You've been kind of babysitting Marcus, a.k.a. Chad. And Courtney and the other and the other train people, like the first bartender guy you spoke to, they've all kind of like, you know, circled around a bit. I imagine you know, he's keeping it cool because he doesn't want to get thrown out of the train at a high speed. Smart man. Honestly, one of the smarter ones we fought. Also, the two hooligans come back. About the time you're 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 about uh, towards the end of the day, I would say. Oh, I'm not worried about them. Brock's not afraid to slap a child. Yeah, they are just hooting and hollering and carrying on. Uh, they look like they're about to head back towards the cargo section. Hey, fellers, this is a private car. Shut your goddamn mouths if you're coming in here. Yeah, I'll kick your private ass, old man. <laughs> Brock would like to roll an intimidation check on these children. Oh, wait, it sounds like uh, they were in the conversation with uh, Beowulf, though. I'm going to startle them with my startle advantage. <laughs> right, right. Okay, roll that intimidation. 24. So what is it you're trying? What exactly you're saying or what? And what are you trying to get them to do? Uh, I'm going to stand up and look at them and just loom over them and say, I said, get the hell out of our train, boy. Uh, Okay, mister. Go back to your car. All right. You better not be hooping and hollering at any point in the rest of our trip. We didn't mean nothing, mister. Yeah, I know you didn't mean nothing because you ain't got a goddamn thought between the two of you. Get out of here. Uh, and they kind of almost trip over each other as they run away. Yeah. Next time, don't lend your brain cells out to your other siblings. I would like to just nonchalantly send Bev a text message real quick, reiterating how great of a job we've done with Carl. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Had to deal with these shitty kids on public transport. Boy, we're good parents. Okay, so it has been, you reach the evening now. What are you doing overnight? Brock took a nap so we could do the same. I'm going to stay up with Marcus and we're going to play cards. I make a deck of cards under the table so Marcus doesn't see it. I guess at this point I can kind of just dismiss my shardling. I don't need him anymore. <laughs> the shardling's just been with us like... He's just the whole time been hanging under the seat like... <laughs> Laserhawk's staying up, uh, Beowulf's staying up, and the other two are sleeping? Sure. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, that checks out. I so who who has who has which suitcase now? Briefcase. None of us know. I think you still have two. Give me the fake one. Yeah, I'm gonna give you the fake one because I feel like people would suspect it now. All right, so you're playing cards late into the night, I imagine. Yeah. It's about four in the morning, in the deep, deep dark of night, as the moon starts to reach at the point where it's going to go over the horizon. And all of a sudden, the moonlight changes from being like, you know, enough to see with to being a bright, shimmering kind of purple glow to it. Ain't that. Hey out there, this little two-part adventure has been such a blast. We loved having Alex on and how Beowulf brought not just a new dynamic to the heroes, but also to the larger world building of the Mayhemverse. We're currently playing around with a new best release day for episodes. Currently, we're looking at releasing every two weeks on Mondays. If you have any thoughts, throw us a line, gm at masksandmayhem.com or at Mayhemcast on social media. 
And again, if you're following us and somehow aren't familiar with the work of Alexander Thomas, our amazing guest who played Beowulf, check him out. You can find his writing on alexanderwrites.com or his Mutants and Masterminds actual play, among others, on untoldstoriesproject.com. And you can catch him on the Mutants and Masterminds Monday livestream on Green Ronin's Twitch channel. We'll have a link to all of that in the show description, and also a link to an interview that we did with the Untold Stories Project not too long after this episode was recorded. So please go check it all out and follow them too if you're not already. But for now, let's get back to the game. And uh, Marcus looks up and says, if that's not a signal, I really don't know what is. Wonderful. You're going to sit there and continue playing cards with us until this whole thing blows over. Now, ain't you, buddy? And the phone in his pocket begins buzzing a bit. I'm just going to go ahead and look at that. And I take the phone out of his pocket and look at it. I'm going to keep an eye on him. I trust Laserhawk to keep an eye on the phone. Someone trust me. You hear that, Bev? Uh, So you look at the phone and all it says is now... Black briefcases. Get them all. Well, that's funny. You can get that back later. Well, wh- what did it say? Uh, it said now that it gave a description of the object that you needed to get. Don't worry about it. You're pocketing the phone? Yeah, for now. Okay. And you notice that, yeah, like, uh, Marcus looks very antsy now. Is that a is that meteorological event outside relevant to you in a, some personal way, son? Uh, not to me personally, no. I just figured, you know, again, if I was waiting for a signal, that, that that'd be something like that, something visual. Since it, do I know anything that can make the moon do that? Should I roll like an expertise mythology or something to see if I know? Yeah, roll expertise mythology. Um, is any of this loud enough that I would have woken Ruby up? No, because this was just a phone buzzing, and, and the, the moon thing isn't making any noise. Can I roll an expertise law enforcement to see if I can write the moon a ticket for this? <laughs> no. Uh, but if you want to roll a history check. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I got a 21. I got a 15 on the dice for a 21 total. Uh, 14 on the dice, 19 altogether. All right, you get when you give it a hard thought, you're pretty sure you've heard um, not about the moon specifically, but about uh, kind of magics that can cause that kind of you know illusory nature to it. Usually, having been used as a signal in the past. So, if you had to guess, it's something magic related. Do I know that? It, do I know if this is something that can like an object on the train could trigger this, or does this whoever is making this magic happen? Do they have to be nearby? Uh, no, they don't necessarily have to be nearby. If they are at any kind of distance, this kind of magic would only be visual. Well, I'm going to whistle for my birds. Probably loud enough to wake up uh, Ruby and Yardak. Hey, check it out. The moon's purple. I go, oh, damn. I, I see You're noticing at this happening. point, as, as they're waking up, it's starting to kind of fade away back to normal. I've definitely seen that episode of Space Cadet. Ugh. Yeah. Was that our signal? According to this text message, it is. I guess I look at the text message and go, interesting. Right. Puts the phone back in pocket. All right. And so you have the you have the birds with you? Yeah, I'm going to summon them back from Asgard and tell them to go take a look around within a mile radius and see if they see any nefarious characters about. And I want to uh, tell the group, wait a minute, I have a text message, too. What What is an extended warranty on my car? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like that. Uh, hero point, Dan. 
<laughs> I've got three now. Okay, so the birds have taken off. They're beginning to do, and as far as you can see when you're when you're taking time to look in, through their eyes, uh, nothing in the distance. There's no movement heading towards the train. Nobody on like horseback or ATV or something that they'd really be following along. No one flying. And as you kind of come back into consciousness, suddenly on both sides of the car, you get people coming in again. Uh, the first two are those two kids again. And on the other side is the first bartender that you ran into the first day. Mm. Oh, he threw the, threw the suspicion onto what's her nuts. Hey guys, weird time to, weird time to be looking around the train. And the one kid yells to the other kid. They said briefcases, get them. Is the other guy doing anything? No, he's kind of just standing there. Uh, he does look like he's taking a bit of a of a defensive stance. Okay. Kill him first. Which one seems more threatening, and have they actually entered the cart yet? Which one seems more threatening? They are both in the in the car for sure now. Okay. In terms of which one seems more threatening, I would imagine a, an adult man would seem more threatening to you than, than two teenagers. I don't know. There's two of them. I would like to use my hero point to do a reaction and put the... A, the bartender in a box. Uh, what's the DC on that? Let me. That would be 17. And then uh, can I simultaneously do a reaction as well with one of my hero points? Okay, then I want to, because uh, I obviously always have my uh, water skin on me. Uh, as the two younger kids come in, I want to immediately uh, freeze them, like freeze their feet in ice. Before we enter initiative, though, I want to, like, go like that and just, I'm going swoosh and just turn into, like, visual aid. If you're trying to trap them, what is the ranks for your, for your ice? 24. And I assume they're shitty little kids and they don't have much in the way of any kind of DC or anything. Oh, that's where you're wrong, Bucko. These kids play DDR. (laughs) (laughs) You notice two things when the ice forms onto them doesn't look like it's actually touching their skin the second thing you notice is that a few moments later suddenly the ice uh sort of absorbs into them Ew. i look at uh beowulf and go could that be your brother yes <laughs> Just, yes <laughs> in all fairness though this train can also be my brother the whole train <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> The possibilities of something being Beowulf's brother are low, but never zero. <laughs> yes. Uh, everybody roll initiative. Loki's the ultimate mimic. Oh, no. I nat one initiative. I mean, I guess that would be the thing to nat one, I suppose. I might not go first this time. 13. 10 altogether. I got a five on the dice for a 10 total. Okay, uh, so what is your, your modifier's five, then? Yes, yep. Okay. All right, uh, that is everybody. First in the initiative is Laserhawk. <laughs> Shout smack in time. All right, so you're going after the teenagers? Specifically the shorter of the two. It's going to be with a taser fist, if that matters. Yeah, that's 20 fucking nine, bud. In the words of the old prophets, fuck them kids. (laughs) 
Do not quote the ancient magic to me. <laughs> Hit him with a 29. What's the DC on that? 25. 25. I'm going to talk him square in the temple and scream, do your homework. Uh, so you run up to him, right? Sort of like with Yardak's uh, water. You realize like the where you're going to punch doesn't quite line up and you hit him a little bit beforehand. He moves with it, right? But he seems to stay pretty steady and he kind of cracks a smile when the punch doesn't really seem to knock him too hard. So is an insight check a free action? Not in rules as written. Okay, there we go. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Because you moved, you attacked. I don't know if you want to move. If you want to move again, you can. Nah, I'm good. I'm right where I want to be. When in child smacking position. Such a very concerning phrase. Mm-hmm. That's that's not going on a t-shirt. I can tell you that much. Uh, from inside the box, you hear like a smash. It doesn't break through the box, but you do like it shakes. You hear a huh, 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 as it like just slowly kind of shakes little by little each time. Sir, you are actually a bird. You're in the dark. Go to sleep. <laughs> then it is the one that you just punched. It is his turn. As he rears back Laserhawk and he goes to punch you, what is your parry plus 10? 16. Uh, that's going to make a contact. You're going to want to roll a toughness check. That's fine. That's where I shine. Uh, let's see. 13 plus 14, 27. Get fucked, kid. Kind of like what you just did to him. When he goes to punch you, the fist hits you before actually, uh, before the hand reaches you. And he also, like, yeah, you seem to take it on the chin with with ease. (laughs) You're not the only one that can smile like an idiot asshole. Uh, the other one turns towards you to do similarly. This one also, though, kind of swings a little wide and misses you. <laughs> you big clumsy ogre fuck. And they both, I think, move away a little bit from you, kind of flanking you a little bit on either side. And it is Visual Aid's turn. Okay, how close am I to anyone? Uh, So this train car is maybe like 40, 50 feet long, so you're in the middle of it, essentially. Okay. So you, can, you could reach you know, people on either side. Uh, everyone except for Laserhawk is kind of clumped together in that middle section right now. I'm standing next, or I'm sitting next to Marcus. Since we were playing cards. Okay, I'm gonna reach them, and I am going to use Razzle Dazzle. I'm gonna try to use Razzle Dazzle on both of them. Okay. What is the DC on that? The DC is 19. Alright. The one almost sort of hand waves you away not really paying too much mind to the razzle-dazzle. The other one caught it, like, right in the face, just this shining, shimmering light. Did I use all my move action, or can I, like, move away from them a little bit? You have a little bit of space you can move away, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try to... Can I get behind Laserhawk? Yeah, I'd say, uh, well, they're kind of flanking Laserhawk, so you can kind of get with Laserhawk. I don't know if you can really put them... put Laserhawk between y'all. I don't want to stay super close to them, so I'm gonna back, back off. Oh, it's and also it's the taller one that seems to have been affected. Just go back to your seats. You don't have to do this shit. Go back to your seat. <laughs> Please go back to your assigned seating. 
Well, you say teenagers. Are they like 13, 14, or are they like 18, 19? I don't give a fuck. They're about to be was, were. <laughs> yeah, you'd say like 15, 16. Uh, Yardak, it is your turn. Can I use a hero point to not have a negative modifier if I do a dual attack? Not in rules is written. Oh, okay. About to say, yeah, you'll know. Because I'm like, I'm swimming in fucking hero points, so I was like, why not? It's okay. it's not I mean, something I would say no to if I was the GM, but it's not the way it works in the rules as they are. But it's entirely up to RC. And then I'll still have another hero point left after that. What you could do is extra effort and do two standard actions to attack both of them without a penalty. That that would work as doing that. Oh, yeah, that's also a good point. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, then I am going to just do two standard attacks and give a water whip to each one in the face. All right, go for it. Ooh. Uh, the first one is a 22 altogether. And then... The next one is a 16 plus 10. 26. All right, so which one was for which, by the way? I actually... Oh, the first one is, I guess, for the little one? It doesn't matter. They're both getting hit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I even tried to clarify. Uh, all right, what's the DC on that? Uh, 24. All right. Both of them, for a moment, look very bruised and bloodied as the whips kind of, like, slash on them. Suddenly, though... They seem to like, for lack of a better term, glitch out. Oh. It's like watching a like a video game that froze. Their human form melts away, and you realize that while they appeared to be like on the on a normal human size, they are actually about nine feet tall. <laughs> oh man! They are blue skinned with little ice chunks coming off of all of them. Ah, Scandinavians! I'm fighting Bjork. <laughs> they are frost giants. How tall is the cart? The cart's like about like their height, so they're kind of like bending forward just a little bit. That's definitely from your brother, right? Yeah. To be clear, neither one of them is Loki. Yardak, uh, anything else you're trying to do on your turn? You kind of really used your hero point. Is that taking you down to two now? No, you used a reaction earlier. Yeah, so I have one now. So the standard amount of hero points. Well, otherwise, we're moving on to Beowulf. Where am I in relation to like like of the entire car? You're standing next to Marcus, right uh, about an arm's length away from Beowulf, and about a good 20, 30 feet away from the enemies. Oh, okay. Then I'll just hang here. All right, Beowulf, it is your turn. Beowulf will look down and say, All Father, grant me wisdom, courage, and victory, and be with me. And he's going to tip his hat down, stand up, turn into the aisle, and draw the hammer of Odin. And say, I thought I told you fellers what was going to happen if you came in here. And then I'm going to shoot them in the dick. <laughs> yes! Are, are you doing a, wait, are you doing multi-attack? or? Are you... I'm going to shoot one of them to prove a point. Okay, uh, which one are you shooting? The taller one. And I will use five points of all-out attack and five points of power attack. Okay. Jesus. And I got a critical hit! <laughs> Damn. Holy So, I didn't need the all-out, but... Yeah, you didn't. Oh my god, though. What is the D DC on that? Uh, it's a DC 37 with the five points of power attack and the five points for the crit. Holy hell. We won't be calling him daddy after this. We'll be calling him all father. <laughs> so I want you to describe to me what it looks like when this gun fires for the first time that they're seeing it. 
So he draws the. Um, it looks like a like a big ass six, six shooter uh, made of uh, blue uh, blue nickel steel with an ivory grip, and along the barrel it says "Blessed be the worthy." And when the hammer cocks back, uh, it begins to crackle with blue lightning. And as it slams down, there's a crash of thunder as just blue Thor lightning shoots out the front of the barrel and into the frost giant. So the lightning fires out from the hammer of Odin, strikes through the taller one. This is the one that that Ruby had dazzled. The lightning kind of arcs out a little bit into multiple strands as they just tear through and tear away flesh from him. Like a bunch of it just splatters along the wall behind him, tearing him into a, a couple of different chunks as he falls onto the ground and twitches. Huh. And I would like to spend a hero point, RC, to look at the other one. And with, my, with a second standard action, I want to try and startle him. Go for it. Uh, that's only a 15 on the intimidation check. Yeah, um, you are very successful. Yeah, I'll just look at him and say, take that hack of flash that used to be your brother and take him back to Jotunheim, you piece of shit. And it, it looks very uncertain about how to proceed. Like, this fight wasn't exactly going their way to begin with. <laughs> Don't think they were expecting that. I think also, like, even just some of the crackling power of the electricity that went by him you see almost like a sunburn along a side of him that was facing towards his friend. And I will just stand my ground. A fucking sunburn? God damn. It's almost like this thing's made with its ship of Mjolnir or something. We return to the top of the round with Laserhawk. Oh boy, here I go slapping children again. <laughs> well, they're no longer children. Yeah, I'm still gonna act like they are. That's gonna be a 27 to hit with a taser fist. The real question is, where the fuck did they get a Game Boy Advance SP? Technology just goes to Jotunheim to die. Every PSP you've ever lost, that's where it's wound up. <laughs> Ruby's asking the real questions. What was that total, Brandon? 27 altogether. One of 25 DC. 25 DC. Taser fist. All right. Yeah, you get a couple good punches in. I think the third one, kind of like a haymaker, he kind of spits a bit of blood on the ground. Between the between what just happened with uh with Beowulf and this is looking like very uncertain about how the rest of this fight is going to go and looks a little unsteady. All right. Uh, meanwhile, are you doing anything else? I guess. I should, sorry, I should make sure. Uh, yeah, I'm telling him to go back to Sweden and calling him a piece of shit. On the other side of the car, finally, you hear a smash as this guy makes his way through the box. Oh, I forgot about box boy cracking through it and he walks out and he just appears to like crack his neck and crack his knuckles and take like a martial arts stance. I want my fucking tips back. <laughs> Same. We gave him so much money. Right? You can get these tips when, when you see me in hell. Buddy, you're about to get the tip of my boot up your ass. Uh, and he takes in a running charge towards you, Yardak. Oh, great. And he goes to punch you. What is uh, your parry plus 10? 18. You just narrowly avoid as he takes like three good Ooh. swings at you. Um, you must have been you know, really paying attention to some of Laserhawk's moves re recently as you're able to kind of actually and also just like some of your own Atlantean training to kind of like just fluidly move out of the way. I've been watching Riverdance in my spare time, so I'm lying than that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other frost giant 
is going to make a large sweep trying to hit both laser hawk and visual aid uh so you're both going to want to make dodge checks 22 18 ruby being small and nimble just narrowly like falls flat to the floor or maybe like tucks and rolls to to get out of the way i don't like when you leave with ruby when we're both getting hit that's fair laser hawk meanwhile you're going to get you're going to get hit. Per- you're, you kind of catch this square in the chest, smash back against the windows, and they crack behind you. Roll a toughness check. Oh, that's significantly better. 33? Again, like, you are just taking these these attacks really, really well. You know, you may not always be able to avoid getting hit, but, you know, it doesn't seem to affect you. as. Let's put it this way. I don't think uh, Visual Aid would have gotten out of that one as easily. That's why Visual Aid has a lot of dodge. Yeah, it's just smack, crack. You know, my frenemy Atlas would love you guys. Then in that case, it is Visual Aid's turn. How close am I to either the Frost Giant that's still up or the other dude? Uh, Other dude is on the other side. Actually, I guess other dude is about 20 feet behind you because he's right up in Yardak's face now. The Frost Giant is about five feet ahead of you. It's unsheathing my dagger uh, movement. It would be your move action, yes. Okay. I don't know that putting the dagger in the frost giant is worth it. It can never hurt to stab the frost giant. Well, it can't hurt you, I guess. If I piss it off, it can. Uh, I would like to move to the other dude and try and razzle-dazzle him and then move back. What is the the DC on that again? It is a 19. So this one, in kind of a fluid, very agile stance, Blocks with one hand his eyes as he kind of pushes you back a little bit to disrupt you. You're stealing tips from people. That's so rude. You're both outside of arm's reach at this point for each other. It is Yardak's turn then. You've got martial arts guy right up in your face and you've got the frost giant. I'm not sure what we would call this one. I want to use my water to uh, globularize around my fist and then freeze and sock him in the fucking jaw as hard as I can. Martial arts guy? Yeah. I'm not sure what that, because that's, it wouldn't be unarmed, right? Because it's... If you still have a hero point, I was going to say, if you wanted to do it to ship. So basically you can trade off like a better hit for a lower effect or vice versa, like a lower two hit roll for a higher damage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So roll to attack. Okay. So then plus 10, 27 minus five would be 22. 22. All right, that hits. So what would be, if you're adding five to the DC, what is that? 29. Oh, man, nat one. Oh, <laughs> In a pretty quick motion, you flow the water over your arm, freeze it, hold back. Maybe this is exactly when he was kind of pushing Ruby out of the way. You catch him in the nose, blood spewing out as he like literally is brought off his feet and slammed to the ground as it follows your fist down. And then it's just the one Frost Giant left, right? Frost Giant and also your friend Marcus. Just to be a little bit of a dick, I want to turn to him and go, all right, one left. Beowulf, it is your turn. Nice, nice, nice. Can I do something kind of funny with my hero point? Certainly. Uh, I would like to spend my hero point to get favored environment on a train because I was an outlaw. All right. Uh, And I would like to use my favorite environment to bump plus two into my to hit. Sure. I will 
just sort of smile and exclaim, this is the most fun I've had on a train in a hundred years, fellas. I'm going to cock the hammer of Odin again and shoot the uh, frost giant that is startled by me. All right, Roland, but I mean, he's already just, he's already demoralized or already uh, startled, so. And I'm going to use five points of power attack, not the all-out attack this time. Okay, I was going to say, if you miss this somehow, you're going to blow a hole in the side of this train. Um, so I got a 13 total. No, sorry, 15 total because of the favorite environment. With every, with all these things combined, you still hit. What is the DC on that now? Um, 32. <laughs> Much like uh, the frost giant before him, this one cries out in agony as arc after arc of lightning crosses his body and pretty much tears him asunder. You don't know if he's 100% dead, but he is certainly downed out uh, and twitching. And I will spin the revolver over my finger and put it back in the holster real quick. I would like to know what the karate dude thinks about this, considering he was not he was in the box for the first time this shit happened. That's fair. He was also he's also knocked out now, so he probably doesn't have a lot of opinions on the subject. Oh yeah. Yeah, Marcus jumps up from his seat uh and goes to grab uh at your at the briefcase on your on your wrist. Who wait, who's your? Oh, sorry, uh the Beowulf because that is the person closest to him. After all this shit he just witnessed and the intimidation we have done. He's lucky I don't have a hero point. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, what is your, uh, what is your parry plus 10? Uh, it is an 18. All right, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be a contested strength check, which I imagine you're probably a mite bit stronger than him, but let's see how this goes. I rolled a six on the dice for a 12 total. Well, I rolled a one. Uh... <laughs> That's your, what, second or third now? Yeah, it's not been a great, great night for me on, on my side. So what does this failure look like? I pull the briefcase back and I put my hat up and I just headbutt him straight in the nose. Oh, man. Uh, he crumples to the floor in a heap. I thought you were going to hit him with the briefcase. So did I. But I, I really love that you, I love that you had to tip your hat up in order to headbutt him. Yeah, and I don't want him to touch the briefcase in case he could teleport or something crazy. Alex, you know I have the real one now, right? I know you have the real one, but I also don't want him to, like, teleport away. But he doesn't know that. He was told to actually get all the briefcases, technically, so. Yeah. Marcus is in a heap. Uh, Martial arts guy, bartender, is is in a bloody heap. And there is chunks of Frost Giant and Frost Giant bodies. I just came to a realization, because he got the text saying, get all the briefcases. Does that mean there's still a mold? Because how would he know that we did multiple briefcases? Or that they were in briefcases. We'll kick that ass when we come to it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so yeah, your combat is over. You're out of initiative. What is uh, what is going through your minds, and what are you doing? Ruby, make me a broom. <laughs> I'm, I'm grabbing frost giant chunks and throwing them out the window. We need to keep the staff fucking out of here. Is what's going through my mind. And then I'll use my water to clean it all. I make a mop. I I could vanish it, but that's just an illusion. I was like, give me your flask. Ah, goddamn! Yeah, I take it. I pour it all over um the bartender. Okay. So it seems like he's drunk, and I throw him in a seat. Awesome! That was really smart. Can you fill that back up for me now? And I do. <laughs> awesome! I finish it. Can you do it again? I love that you took his flask, even though you could have just made liquor all over him without the flask. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Point. Point. <laughs> You know, sometimes an outside perspective is what you need in order to uh, in order to grow. 
have we managed to get all the frost giant out of here? You at least got the chunks of body. Are, are you throwing the whole actual frost giants out the window, out the door too? Yeah, all of it. Just chuck it. Or how big are the frost giants? Uh, they're nine foot tall humanoids. Uh, fairly muscular looking. I have two equally disturbing ideas. I'm sure you do. We either throw the fucking bodies out the window, or I make giant suitcases and we shove them in there. <laughs> I will reiterate that you don't know if they are dead. Out the window they go. Beowulf does not care if some frost giants get killed. Like, <laughs> Okay, out the window and... Can, can we throw a shot out the window too? No, Marcus is a human. I know. I I think uh, Courtney actually does walk in towards the tail end of this. After, the frost giants are gone. Two guys just covered in alcohol. I throw them in a chair. And so when, and I go, oh my God, I think they've had way too much to drink. Uh, wh- which window is broken? Uh, the the one like near the front entrance of the, of the car. Okay. I was like, one of them like took a shot and then tried to sh- throw something. I'm so sorry. The window is. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. He shouldn't be drinking. I like he, I, he was off shift, but he shouldn't be drinking. Uh, do I need to roll anything for that? Uh, roll a deception check. You've made good friends with Courtney. She doesn't seem to be really uh have any reason to. Yeah. She's down. She's down for the cause. Hell yeah. She's getting cash. That's all she cares about. Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, she is like totally one hundred percent on board with whatever actually happened here. Yeah. She shows no sign that she actually knows nor cares what, uh, she only cares that, like, you all weren't being, like, harassed or anything. My girl's probably making minimum wage. She gives minimum fucks. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Is there any, um, saran wrap? Is that, I was like, saran wrap you can put over the window or anything in the back? Yeah, yeah, I'll go grab something from the cargo, like, you know, at least something to, to cover it up, like a tarp. I'll, I'll find something like a tarp. I'll be back. And she goes off to look for that. Oh, thanks, thanks. I think I got a good sweater in my suitcase if you want to bring something up for that. <laughs> uh, no, thank you for the offer, sir. Uh, I'll be right back. Do we think this is everyone? No, there's at least one more person who sent the text message. Oh, right. I'm going to actually, can we check uh, Waiter Guy's phone, see if he has a text message? I'll push his thumb on the on the thumb pad or whatever. That's a great idea. Can I do that, too? The thumbprint thing. Yeah, you're, you unlock the phones. They appear to They appear to essentially be burner phones. I want to respond to that text message. Okay, whose phone do you have? I have Marcus's. I've got Kung Fu, dude. What the fuck are you about to say? I'm about to send a selfie of myself with the caption, I lived, bitch. (laughs) No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Brandon made the call. I'm wearing the domino mask. I'm cool. No, not that. You just say got them, that we can find out who the fuck they are. I want to find that. I want to fight the cult of Loki some more. I don't send a message. I just look to see if this person received a message or they sent a bunch of messages out. Uh, they have not sent a bunch of messages out. They have one text message telling them the train to be on from mm-hmm. one number and then a separate text message from another number saying, um, saying briefcases, all of them. So he's not the ringleader. That's what I was trying to ascertain. Yeah, nothing about this indicates that either of them were were the mastermind behind this. Okay, I I also I text Betsy what happened. When you're examining them, you do see that uh, the waiter guy has the signature black and red diamond tattoo of Red Crystal. 
course he does. God damn it. Maybe we should throw him out the window. Well, especially if it's Red Crystal, I'm going to fucking taunt him. We've kicked his asses before. I'm going to start looking at everyone's goddamn wrist in this game. You otherwise have an uneventful trip. It drops you off near Seattle. Like, you're, you're getting off at one of the final stops in order to make it to Alpha Base. Are you bringing them with you? Hell yeah. All right. Someone, uh, someone's going to tell me, need to tell me how you're getting them off this train. Because one of them's an employee. <laughs> Do I have law enforcement credentials as an agent of union? Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, you have you have that security clearance. So, yeah, I would say you have some kind of credentials. Yeah, then I'll just flash it and be like, this was a sting. Oh. I'm with the marshals. And she kind of whispers, what, what, did, what, did per, what did Percy do? What did who do? Percy, uh, which is the waiter's name. Uh, he attempted to interfere with the federal investigation. Oh, my God. So, wait, was he really drinking? Yes. <laughs> Courtney's already bought in so much to your cause and really does not give a shit what happens to Percy. So, you know, whatever. And she just stays on her train and goes on her merry way uh, towards Seattle. I bump into like Courtney's manager and I say, Courtney's fantastic. Courtney needs a raise. Courtney needs a raise. So you get to Alpha Base um, and you are greeted by a familiar face. Um, it is your old friend Ulrich Ivinson, a.k.a. Bloodhound. Hell yeah, oh, my guy! Run up and hug, run up and hug, run up and hug. Absolutely. Right. Um, and I would imagine that also, Beowulf, you've met uh, Bloodhound. He's a werewolf who Union used uh, some science to be able to give him the ability to control his transformations. Yeah, I'll give him a polite tip of the hat. Do you have the, do you have the item? We do, but if it's all the same, I'd like to be inside before we give that up. Yada yada illusionary magic. It's not you, Ulrich, it's me. Ulrich uh, guides you all in and says, how how was the trip? Unfortunately exciting. It was a little frigid. Let me answer your question with a question, buddy. How much God of War do you play? Oh, not much. I, I don't do much video games. Ulrich kind of takes you to the side for a moment, Beowulf. Beowulf, are you okay? I heard about what happened in Atlanta. I'm fine. All right, well, you know you can always talk to me. I'm aware that that is an option, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, there was a pretty good gunfight on the train. I was pretty happy about that. It brings you joy, I suppose. Whatever sparks joy, as the book I read said. One of the many books Ruby brought. <laughs> yes, Ulrich has canonically read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. <laughs> wow. He eventually gets you into the facility, and they have some scientists on hand that are prepared to take take the sample of the Jewel of Boulevard. And I say, at some point when I'm like watching next to Ulrich, I uh, I talk to him about Space Cadet because he watched it because of me. Of course, of course, yeah, he's been keeping up. He's excited for the new season to start. I would like to slap the briefcase down on the table, look at the closest scientists, and say, "This isn't actually the right briefcase. I just wanted to feel important." I think we all do, and then I, I would say like, we all put them up, and then I touch the other three, and they all they, they disappear. It's like that shell game. Yeah. Actually, you forget which one it is. You just keep touching them to see which one doesn't uh, disappear. Okay, so yeah, they were left with the one. It opens up, and the Jewel of Bolivar is kind of glowing within. Um, and it's kind of the same purple hue that the moon was. And then I just close it. I'll be like, keep that safe. Interesting. Also... Why is it the same shade as the moon? And the scientist goes, excuse me? 
And then I, I explained to the scientist, he's a union agent, he can hear about it. Don't know anything about that, I'll write that in my report. Is that already in your report, Beowulf? Yeah, it's in my report. In triple kid. Okay, well, we'll consolidate the files. And so, yeah, they've taken it off your hands. Ulrich is, you know, very thankful. He was hoping to originally be part of the journey, but he wasn't able to make it out in time. Well, it's so wonderful being able to see you, buddy. Hey, we're going to have to swing through Seattle again to leave, probably, right? I mean, that's kind of up to you. I was going to say, like, Union offers you options on how you want to get home. Look, I'll be honest, if my kid finds out that I went to Seattle and didn't get him anything, he's not going to say anything about it, but I'll be able to tell he's upset about that. Uh, well, apparently he's got to go souvenir shopping. Look, as long as I get my kid some useless fucking tchotchke from God knows where. I turned to Ulrich and just say, is there a gift shop nearby? No, this is a secret government facility. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the facility. Outside the facility in Washington. Right, so it's about three hours to Seattle from, like, driving from here. Bring him home a pine cone. You work with a walking tchotchke maker. Oh, yeah, fuck, fair point. I make a snow globe that the the skyline looks a lot like the Fraser skyline. Nice. Well, Beowulf, uh, maybe the experience wasn't a pleasure, but meeting you sure was. Yeah, hope we we get to work together again sometime. I wouldn't be upset by that. You guys are good trail partners. Ride the rails again someday. (laughs) I will look at Ulrich and I'll say, my brother's uh, influence is out here on this side of the country. I think I should stick around for a while and see what I can track down about the call to Loki. Ulrich Beowulf, buddy, team up! Yes, we will sniff them out. (laughs) 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 All right, so it sounds like Beowulf is sticking around in Alpha Base in Washington for a while until his brother's mischievous nature leads him elsewhere, I'm sure. I'm going to find his head. I'm going to lightning it off. One day. (laughs) And are the rest of you taking a vulture craft then out of Alpha Base back to Kakal? Sounds good. And yeah, you take off. It's noon, so you're kind of heading away from uh, the sunset into the horizon back east. Chapter 58. When Gods Seek to Punish. Part 2. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. Be sure to check out Alexander Thomas at alexanderwrites.com and untoldstoriesproject.com. The episode was written, edited, and shipped with old PSPs to Jotunheim by myself, R.C. Byler, with production assistance by Pope Brandon Brownson. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on podchaser.com. Our logo art is by Jen Evans, and our font is by A.J. Eisen. Our theme music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com.
fucking awesome. That was really cool. Ooh, Rambo just rolled a 17. I don't know for nice. what, but he did. Good job, Rambo. He's a cat. It's a deception check. <laughs> this was dope. I've personally wanted to do shit in the mayhem verse revolving like old mythologies and shit. I feel like you're not allowed to say that you have a comic book universe until you've worked in at least one old pantheon. And I do think it's safe to say that the lid has been blown right the fuck off. Yeah. Now all you fuckers get to fight Zippe Totec next time I TM. <laughs> <laughs> Scared of that. It was really nice like playing with you, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I had a whole bunch of fun playing with you guys. Yeah, that shit was fun. Mm-hmm. You rocked it, and I really appreciated you coming on. You knew the rules really well. You should, like, write for this game or something. <laughs> you know what I'm I also like being able to shake the bag and a rule pops out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I keep in here. Just rules and obscure facts. But I had a whole bunch of fun. I'm so glad. As Brandon said, kind of opened up a whole new dimension to the show, too. You're also, uh, while we had someone who guest DM'd one time for a game that they made, I realized that you're the first guest player we've ever had. Oh, cool. Yeah. And also really easy to play off of, too. Mm-hmm. No, I try to be. Yeah, no kidding. Just when I thought that Brock was a stoic hard ass, along comes Beowulf to say, hold my Mjolnir. <laughs> I can't. I'm not worthy. But he knew that when he handed it to me. I get the humor. <laughs> Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized it would fall. Dan, you're so pretty. You're so very pretty. <laughs> I'd be happy to come back and play Beowulf anytime you guys want me to be here. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Plot twist every other Wednesday. We got gotcha. you. See you in three weeks. <laughs> I, I was hoping that, you know, we left enough of an opening that clearly some things that you could come back for, you know, I, I didn't want it to be straight up Loki on this adventure because I was like, God, that's his nemesis. Yeah, I got to shoot that guy right in his dumb face. With your lightning gun that absolutely obliterates people. Honestly, <laughs> it's a good gun. Yeah, well, I mean, your combination of the advantages also just made it like ridiculously powerful, so. Yeah, well, I just I see that as his combat maneuver is to just throw himself full in and hope his regeneration can keep him alive. I don't think any of us got hit, did we? I got smacked around. Fucking Dan. Blazer got hit a couple times. None of the heroes took any damage. Things landed, but they didn't matter. What was Courtney whittling? It was a billiard ball. That's what she said. I don't know if I believe it. 